Bourne in the post-truth apocalypse. I'm Ben and today I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And we're going to talk about times the Simpsons allegedly predicted the future. They're the Nostradamus, aren't they? You know what? Yeah, they are. And <laughs> they, they truly are, aren't they? Nostradamus is vague French, vague bad French in little poems that mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Quatrains. Quatrains, four-line poems, and this... This is there, isn't it? Well, it's, you know... It's, it's on... We grew up with it. It's there. Long-time listeners of the show know that I do not do prophecy. I don't believe in it. I refuse to believe in it. But... You do do The Simpsons, so... I also, where are you on this one? I also love The Simpsons. Yeah. Let's, let's not forget that. I fucking love The Simpsons. So I'm I'm torn. But I also think The Simpsons is now, what, over 600 episodes? Yeah. Right? They're going to do stuff that's going to happen in real life. It's just pure coincidence for chance, isn't it? Well, we'll get into that in a bit. 600 episodes, you know, to how many they're right. Exactly. 600 episodes and, you know, anywhere from sort of 18 to 30 times they've predicted something. That's what we found. More than chance, I think. No, I, probability would well, arise. I, no, because some of it's not. I think some of it's tenuous. I think some well, of. It, should we listen to all the evidence then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good idea. All right. Well, let's thank some new and returning listeners. Try to be pragmatic. <laughs> let's. Where should we start with a uh, Borlänge in Sweden, Glassborough, New Jersey, Saint Eustache in Canada, Whitefish, Montana. Is that Montana? MT. It's yes. Not. Milton Keynes in the United Kingdom. Giza in Egypt. Wow. Literally the homes of the pharaohs. Someone's Ooh. listening to us there. Hopefully a pharaoh. Do you know the billionaires now have more wealth than the pharaohs did? Is it? Yeah. Cool. Well, when I see Bill Gates with his golden death mask, I believe you. Poor Angeles in Washington. Kamburu in Indonesia. New City, New York, Johnsonville, South Carolina, Bengaluru in India, Oss in the Netherlands, Coventry, United Kingdom, Reading, United Kingdom, Dalton, Georgia, Lampeter in the United Kingdom, Escher, Alzette in Luxembourg, let's just scroll up a bit, Brussels, Belgium, Guadalajara, Spain, Potsdam, Germany breaking into the top ten, Nijmegen, there's a bridge there, I know that from the World War Two movie, uh, into the top five, Dallas, Texas, Ashburn, Virginia, London in the UK, Edmonton, Canada, and finally top, Rochester, New York. Thank you to everybody. Yeah, you. thank you. It fuels our fragile egos. Not mine, because I'm trying to destroy it. What, your ego? Yeah. Or New York? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a superman? <laughs> <laughs> What's New York ever done to you? Mm. Right, let's talk about The Simpsons. Without doubt, in my mind, one of the finest shows ever made. Yeah. They say it's the leftist thing on American television. Really? Yeah. It is, but it never shouts it in your face. It's all very subtle. Yeah, it is very subtle, but yeah. Homer Simpson's a role model to me. (laughs) Because it's true that, you know, a fat, bald guy can can end up getting a hot chick. Barney Rubble's my inspiration. What, He's a bum as well. Barney Rubble? Uh, he he is, works in the quarry with Fred. He's not a bum. Does, does he work? Yeah, he works yeah. in the quarry with Fred. That's what they know each other. With who? With Fred. 
Who's Fred? Fred Flintstone! Yeah. Oh, Barney Rubble's his neighbour! Oh, did I? I meant Barney Gumble. Oh, Barney Gumble. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? The Flintstones reference Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to make Fred, who's Fred? <laughs> oh, fuck me. Barney Gumble. Barney Gumble. He's an inspiration to you. Mm. You weren't even alcoholic. Oh, You're not even drinking now. You're drinking tea. <laughs> your body's my time's a... Mormon then. He's my favourite character. Who's your favourite character? Oh, I don't know. You put me on the spot. They say my name. Diddly diddly. <laughs> I love Ned. He's Ned Flanders. And he's hung like a horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Stupid sexy Flanders. <sighs> Buff as fuck as well. He is. Yeah, he is and he's 65. He's yeah. <laughs> ripped as fuck. He's hung as shit. He's 65. Stupid sexy Flanders. Mm. Well, I like the, uh, the scientist guy as well. Oh, Frank. Yeah, I like yeah. Frank. Well, Hans Mormon's my favourite. He doesn't get that much airtime. When he does, it's golden. It is. Every time. Duffman's quite cool as well. Yeah. Duffman, Duffman! Yeah. I think that's. It's for capitalism limited. Duffman, can't breathe! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, this won't be just me doing Simmons' impressions, I promise. Well, I think that's the secret to success, is that the fringe characters are so interesting and good. Yeah. You yes. I mean? Yeah, that's true, but they've had a long time to get them developed, haven't they? They have, yeah. Yeah. My favourite characters are Homer and Mr. Burns. I do like Mr. Burns. Homer's always always good for a laugh. Because he's just stupid. And I like I like him with a slapstick. And Mr. Burns is just 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 daft as fuck, I love it. My least favourite is Mo, he just makes me feel a bit depressed. Uh, <laughs> I like all of the Christmas episodes, Mo's always got his head in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's look at some of these predictions. September the 11th, start with a biggie. Predicted in 1997, in the city of New York versus Homer Simpson, which is a classic episode, a moment alludes to the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. There's a frame where the brochure that says New York at $9 a day, and behind the 9 are the two towers, twin towers. It looks like 9-11. And it is a bit bizarre. Just a bit. Yeah. This is the best one. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I just think chances are there was probably like a brochure that back when Matt Groening was writing it, like nine dollar bus trips to New York, and what what you put in the New York skyline to make it instantly. Um, I can't believe it's a coincidence. To make it instantly sort of melt. Oh, that's New York. It's it's the Twin Towers or the Empire State or the Statue of Liberty, and maybe there was like three or four adverts in real life and he just picked the Twin Towers for that one. Really creepy, isn't it? You know, they're, yeah. they're, they were a landmark as much as Big Ben is or, or yeah, Tower Bridge. Yeah, I suppose. But 9-11, I mean, it's, it's it's like the Back to the Future one. Have you seen that? Yeah. No. You have. We discussed it. Oh, yeah. The film when it... You see the flames of the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, the 11 yeah. and the 9... It's yeah. just there, right in the centre of the screen, 9-11. Or 9-1-1. Uh, go back and listen to that episode, listener. A, um, a, another alternate possibility for this is that in 1997, New York was a crime-infested shithole. Because Giuliani cleared it up, didn't he? Mm-hmm. 
And it could be 911, as in that's the number you'll need to call if you go to New York. Because you're probably going to get mugged. No, that's probably a better explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, and they use the two towers because it's it's part of the, the skyscape mm-hmm. of New York. Maybe that's... I'm just saying, it's freaky because obviously the fact that 9-11 is also 9 which is, you know, help me. That's what you call when you need help. Almost, it's almost like it was some kind of a cult ritual. The whole thing. Reading that book still. <laughs> we'll be doing that episode, won't we? Yes, this year. The 20th anniversary. Yeah, that'll be coming up. Uh, okay, Mike, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, Disney acquires 21st Century Fox. Predicted 1998, happened 2017. This Prob- is a good one. Probably always going to happen, though. Really? Disney, uh, like a... You know, they probably like, had shares in Fox anyway, didn't they? Disney was a huge... I've always been a huge company, one of the biggest entertainers in the world, if not the biggest, and... As soon as they're in a position to start buying these also massive companies up for not much money because global economic downturn. Yeah, we could have picked anybody and they picked Disney. It's a bit, bit creepy. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Maybe. But again, it's one of them things they've done a lot of episodes. I think they could have had, yeah, an inkling, you don't know, do you? It could have been something that had been on the table for years that, you know, was like whispers around Hollywood. But never happened for X amount of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably got a logical explanation, but it's a bit creepy. Now you see this one for me. Yeah. So the Higgs Boston particle. Boson. Boson particle. The God particle. So predicted in 1998 and happened in 2012. At first glance, it might seem like the freaky Simpsons prophecy. Homer striving to be the next great inventor, standing at a chalkboard on which a complex equation is scrawled. The equation is just a hair off what would become the Higgs, what boss? Who's Higgs boson? Higgs boson particle or God particle, which was discovered in two thousand and twelve. Yeah, that's freaky. Yeah. The equation predicts the mass of the Higgs boson. Simon Singh, author of The Simpsons and their mathematical secrets, told The Independent in 2015. If you work it out, you get the mass of a Higgs boson that's only a bit larger than the nano mass of a Higgs boson actually is. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, you're you're a large hadron collider. Mm -hmm. uh, That's what they found in there, splitting atoms off at like a molecular atomic level. Yeah. And then they found this thing which had been predicted but never proved to exist. It gives the particle its mass. Okay. Yeah, it's literally like a god particle. Mm. It had always been predicted but never found. And the Simpsons in 1998 did this <laughs> equation on the board that turned only to be a shade off what the actual weight of it was. Wouldn't it be funny if like one of the, the, the scientists were like watching the Simpsons just like, <laughs> Homer's done it. Oh. See, and everyone says Homer's stupid. Total <laughs> See, that's creepy. Yeah. That's weird. That's genuinely weird. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, he's read the latest so, dissertation by Peter Higgs, who's the one that predicted. The yeah, and, sure and maybe both, and maybe that formula sure. was already done. No, no, or three quarters done. Yeah, it was probably an, it was probably a guess at to what the mass would be 
Yeah. And they've probably gone with his guess, or close to his guess. Mm-hmm. Thought, well, you know, he's the best person to, you know. To do it, maybe, yeah. maybe. I just want to say one thing about the nine eleven that I forgot. Right. Greening, isn't he? Groaning. Is it groaning or greening? Groaning, Matt Groaning. Okay, groaning, isn't he a Freemason? I don't know, but I I do know that he was linked with Epstein. Mm. Having receiving foot massages from underage girls. I think he's a Freemason, I think. Is he? Well, that would explain the Stonecutters episode, which is one of my favourite Simpsons episodes of all time. Who controls the British crowd? Who keeps the metric system down? We do, we do. Fantastic. It was. He's one of my favourite ones, absolutely. We did some live research. Live research. I apologise for any background noise you're a listener, but it is bloody warm and we've got to have a window open. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah, exposed the Freemasons, Reddit. Fraternities.com. Fraternities.com. Say that he's a Freemason. Well, maybe he is. Yeah. So maybe they already knew what date 9-11 was going to be. Oh. It's planned out. Even before uh, uh, the buildings are put up. Freemasons, I don't think they're in that much now. This was a ritual, mate. This is... Mind you, I haven't got to the part of the book where it explains who might be for it, so... But yeah. still, all right, okay. That is creepy, though, that one. Right, and the uh, the Trump presidency? Yeah. yeah. Predicted in the year 2000 and obviously happened in 2016. It's one of the most the show's most logical prognosises, apparently. A plausible prediction. People have forgotten that he was actually talking about running for president then. Yeah. Mm. In the 2016 that, interview... Uh, sorry, Clegg, well, that's why they were taking the piss out of him, there, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, just think... They just probably thought in 2000, what, who can we think is the worst person to be president? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's put this up. Yeah, this will never happen. Fuck me. It was pitched because it was consistent with the vision of America going insane. <laughs> that was from a, a writer on The Simpsons. It was a joke was intended as a warning. It yeah. was quoting, that just seemed like the logical last stop before hitting bottom. <laughs> How true. Yeah, they're not the help. Nail on the head, don't they? Oof. Just a bit. And Lisa literally says, we've inherited quite the budget crunch from President Trump. <laughs> yeah. The creepiest thing for me is they show him going down the elevator and just as he's going down, someone drops a sign on the show behind the glass. Yeah. And if you watch the real life one, it does the same. I think that someone set that up. Personally. Doesn't look that way. Looks like it's an accident. She then she leans down. And I think she just leaves it to be fair, but she drops it and mm. starts waving. I, I think it's set up. I think it's like, hey, I saw this on The Simpsons, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Make it natural. If they did it at Trump, um, Trump Tower, which is, I think, where his press conference was, where he's running the yeah. NMS he was going to do it for president, The Simpsons writers and artists would have literally gone to Trump Tower and drawn what it looked like inside. The escalators yeah. coming down like that, and I, I think someone in the crowd went, "Oh, I'm gonna stand. I reckon this is gonna be like that. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it like The Simpsons." It's possible, but whether it's not, well, who knows? Oh, that's what we were talking about, precogs, Simpsons. Oh uh, yeah, they just <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the Simpsons writers could just have like three precogs in a gel bath, 
<laughs> and just have like things on their heads and they go 9-11 <laughs> Trump being president Trump being president <laughs> <laughs> fuck me <laughs> you know yeah. the you said one hour to report haven't you yeah just like that yeah, yeah. the Super Bowl though or the Superb Owl as I've heard Americans call it oh yeah Superb Owl took me ages I was like what the fuck's a Superb Owl mm. But he's like, there's a particularly majestic looking owl. It's the owl at fucking, what's it called? Bohemian Grove. Oh! That's a superb owl. Yeah, but so is that one from Clash of the Titans. The little, yeah. the little mechanical one. He's pretty superb. <laughs> but it could be the one at Bohemian Grove. Molek. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Anyway, Super Bowl. Super Bowl! 26. 27 and 28, they predicted. 92, 93, 94, and wow. happened in night. Then again, they've only they got 50% chance in each one, haven't they? Yeah. Have they? Well, yeah, there's two teams involved. Oh, right, yeah, of course. I thought you meant from the beginning of the season. Oh, and they, hang Did on, they get from the beginning right, of the season? Right, it's your, your, your one, so... All right. The show predicted see. the NFL champions three years in a row, and yes, all three were just lucky guesses. In Lisa the Greek, Homer and Lisa bond over sports gambling. Lisa has discovered a knack for predicting football winners, which Homer happily cashes in on. Lisa tells Homer that if Washington Redskins... I think they've changed their name now, haven't they? Uh, they may well have. ...defeat the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, she would still love him. If they don't, she won't. Washington wins, and all is well between them. Three days after the episode aired, Washington beat Buffalo 37-24. Okay, it was just before the final. It is 50% chance then. It's less impressive, isn't it? Yeah, but you've still won it once, which is, you know, a lot of people do. Winning it three times on the on the spin, with, if you're a bet, is you're betting, then is, that's, that's, that's pretty lucky. I mean, I never win when I gamble. Never. Hmm. I'm terrible at gambling. Even when it's free, I lose. Maybe they just come with the odds of the day. Yeah, it's 50-50, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you did three coin tosses, three heads, if you got in a row, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that's amazing, would you? No, if they did it like seven times yeah. in a row. Yeah, or 20 or 30. Yeah. Mm, OK, well, I'm always uh, impressed by sporting predictions, mainly because I'm a useless gambler. Game of Thrones? Claire, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Oh, really. man, it's just... Oh. The Simpsons, well, Game of Thrones. I'll take this one, Claire, because you've never seen Game of Thrones, and therefore... I'm not mm. going to say, say yeah. that person's name. No. Probably. Yeah. On the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones, Daenerys Targaryen shocked fans when she and her dragon laid waste to an already surrendered King's Landing, obliterating thousands of innocent people. In 2017, on an episode 29 episode of The Simpsons titled The Surfsons, which spooked various aspects of Game of Thrones, including the Three-Eyed Raven and the Night King, Homer revives a dragon and proceeds to incinerate a village. Mm. Yeah, it totally pissed me off. I That's love Game of Thrones season one to seven. Well, certainly one to... One to four, one I to think. Five. A, nah, I think five was actually the weakest season. Oh, come on, it's got the best episode, though. Hard home. Yeah, that's my favourite episode. Yeah, that is a good episode. Claire, hang on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, but I think it's dross up to that point. I think the last three mm-hmm. episodes of season five are great. 
But up to that point, it's dross. Well, anyway, it was pretty decent up to eight. We can agree on that. Yeah, and yeah. It just went I think it's off peak, a cliff. Its peak was certainly one to four. Yeah. I, I would go with... I think season seven, which was the last one, eight. Mm-hmm. Seven has some good moments. Yeah. But then eight is... It's just rushed. That was the point. Yeah. It's just rushed. That was, that's what it was. They, they needed a season to set it up and... You know, I couldn't see most of that fucking battle between the living oh. and the dead. Spoilers. I couldn't see most of it. I had to sit there with the lights off and the brightness of my TV max. Yeah, me too. I shouldn't have to do that. Mental. Uh, never, oh. And the burning of King's <coughs> Landing. Yeah. Oh, um, that just pissed me off. But I can see how they would like try and cash in on, on a Game of Thrones thing. This is 2017, Game mm. of Thrones is on. Yeah. They, they try and cash in on that and... The, Hey, let's have the dragon burn the town down. Yeah. Everyone was watching it, wasn't it? Yeah. They were, yeah. When it started, we used to have so much hype at work, and when it was, oh, you watched it, you know, and I was saving it for tonight, man. Just because if you're on days on uh, on Monday, you you know, it was on late, you'd, you'd stay up and watch the next one at two o'clock on Tuesday morning, yeah. or record it and wait till you got in from work. So you'd be like, oh, no, no spoilers, man. I'm... <laughs> Someone will always stay up to watch it. So, Lady Gaga, Super Bowl half-time show in uh, season 23 episode 22 Ooh. yeah lady gaga performed for the town of springfield hanging in midair five years later she flew off the houston nrg stadium roof in real life to perform super bowl half-time show <laughs> well it wasn't difficult to guess that lady gaga might perform a half-time show Especially the biggest stage. The famous pop singer. They always take like have the one that's quite big at the time. Yeah, they? they're they're very. The biggest stage in America is a, is a Super Bowl. You'd argue halftime show. It's in America the biggest stage in America at the time. Mm. Everyone's watching the yeah. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You can hear Chester meowing. <laughs> I don't know where he is. So he's turning me out. And there's cats <laughs> fighting outside. Yeah, that, that one's not too, you know. That one's not too much, is it? No. I suppose the, but the, I suppose the, the way she did it, maybe. But mm. they always have acrobatic issues, and maybe the guy who was writing the choreography was aware of this theory because that was quite a recent one, and this theory's been about for a bit. And thought, you know what? I'm gonna have a fly in on high wires, dressed like that, just to fuck with people. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's did it like Simpsons. Did it the Simpsons did it. And of course, the famous line from South Park: "Simpsons did it." Mm-hmm. When um, Butters is becoming, he's trying to do a, a, a maniacal plot when he's in his uh, Professor Chaos persona, the supervillain persona he's got with the, the Tim Fall hat, Tim Fall helmet, and he's he's like his assistant, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna block out the sun." Simpsons did it. Okay, uh, gonna create a tidal wave. Simpsons did it. Everything is Simpsons. Did it. The Simpsons have done everything. <laughs> There is 600 episodes, over 600 episodes. Makes you wonder how they keep on thinking of new shit to mm. do, innit? That's why the quality has yeah. dropped. Me and Mike are actually going through The Simpsons when we've, when we've had a few. Yeah, we've gone all the way from season two. It's easy watching, isn't it? It no is. Idea. And funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what season we're on now. I think 20. Yeah, and they do say that the peak is something like 2 to 12 is the best 
and then it goes downhill. I have noticed a bit of a drop off, but yeah. I still enjoy the characters, and I know what. You know what I mean? Saw some really good episodes. There's a lot more average, I think. Yes, I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Mike, you're the science officer. Would you like to read this one? Nobel Prize winner, season twenty-two, episode one. Mm-hmm. MIT professor Bengt Holmstrom won the Nobel Prize in Economics in 2016, six years after he was bet on to win the Nobel Prize in The Simpsons. Isn't that where they, that's where they got Wormstrom from? No. <laughs> Holmstrom's Wormstrom. name Wormstrom. appears on a betting scorecard of Martin Lisa database and Milhouse bet on Nobel Prize winners. Well, he must have been known for yeah. his work. There's only so many... I imagine for a Nobel Prize in economics. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a lucky guess. How many did they get wrong? You know what I mean? Well, that's it, yeah. Isn't the Nobel Prize a little bit more like, you know, when the Queen sort of hands out the ODs and that lot? If you've just done quite a lot in that area, you know, they just pick one thing and go, yeah, this is is really good, and then just give you a prize. Isn't it? Sort of like. Yeah, if you're like a a leader in your field. Yeah. If you write a paper which. Changes. Changes something significant. Yeah. yeah, then I guess that's what... I don't know. I'm not an economist, thank God. It's but, fucking horrible. And then you got like, the Nobel Peace Prize, which is ludicrous. I mean, Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize, and then he went on a drone strike loads of people. Yeah. You know, Trump was up the Nobel Peace no. Prize, even because of the North Korea thing. Oh, no, fair. This Trump didn't actually start any wars. I was going to say, the what, most peacetime during uh, Trump's... It was, to be fair. I mean, you got North Korea to pack it in. I don't know. Did he drop more bombs than Obama, I think, didn't he? I don't know in that. I'll have to look. But Obama loved a strike. Oh. They pulled out of Afghanistan and Iraq under Trump. Yeah. No, not really. They just shifted. Well, they still pulled out. And now they've got private contractors. Shifted them. Most of them are like 90% honest, like private contractors. I don't know. So we now have private armies. <sighs> Guarding the oil fields, basically. And all those guys are US Army soldiers that never get paid more in like three months than they did in a year. They're classed as henchmen now. They are, yeah. <laughs> Technically, they're the hired muscle. Mercenaries, aren't they? Mercenaries, private security contractors is their official name. But yeah, they're mercenaries. But they're unaccountable to the, to the, the state. Uh, yeah, to the US people. I mean, if, if they commit war crime, soldiers and generals out there, they've got to become accountable back to Congress for that. But these you, guys well, you'd like to think so. Well, it should. That's how it should that's happen. That's why they're contracting it out, isn't it? Yeah, of course. They're still accountable. It's just that the soldiers under them then have got pretty less legal protection and what, because they're just a private yeah. contractor. So they dispensable as well. You know. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, there's, yeah, you know, what gets more headlines? They're disposable. US soldier dead or... A contractor dead. Private contractor. Exactly. No, the the, the soldier gets a more headlines. Of course, he's he's, a private contractor is, is the name. Yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah, the soldier has more headlines, isn't it? Yeah. It's just uh, they don't want the bad press saying U.S. soldiers are dead. That tally's gonna twenty years now. The war's been going on. That tally keeps going up. Now, if you stop them from no, private no, the contractors, been, been, 
dropping, hasn't it? How can the tally drop of dead? The dead's going to keep going up. The, the US soldiers dying. No, because they pulled more troops out of Iraq to replace them with the contractors. Yeah, but they're still there. Deaths are still going to go up, aren't they? They're not going up. They're, they're down. What do you, I mean, in total. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Every year, the death toll goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you've got private contractors... Who were taking these contractor jobs just out of interest? Are they former soldiers? soldiers yeah. they, they come out for whatever reason or they finish their tour of service and then they go, you know what, I can... Or some of them just go, you know what, especially if you're like Delta Force or something like that, you go, you know what, I can make more money being a private contractor. An SAS soldier has two or three million pounds spent on his training. Mm. The government's invested that. Two or three million quid on your training, and you know what? I can sell my services to whoever I want. I'm a fucking expert sniper now. Yeah, I want a million pound a year. I don't think that much. Well, well what? <laughs> it depends on it. But I want, I want, I can earn more in a year than I can with you guys, and I could in, in three years with the army. Yeah, I can't blame them for taking it, but the US Army shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be contracting out. Army shouldn't be private. At the end of the day, you, need, you, need, the, you need the control. If um, US Army, British Army troops commit war crimes or anything like that, then they're immediately hauled up and it's through the courts and everything, and it's all dealt with internally, and, and it's like there's no problem with prosecuting these people because you're guilty. With these corporations, military, pro- private military uh, companies, they can hire lawyers on millions to fight this for years and still keep that contract going and still keep doing shitty things. Well, it doesn't come to light. Well, it doesn't come to light at all. The well, company put it on the individual, won't they? They'll just they'll just lie, won't they? No, he's a bad egg. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll just say you know it, it wasn't what happened. It wasn't a guy committing war crimes. It you know it was someone they're shelling their own people or something. They could just put anything down. Yeah. True. I mean, there was that Blackwater thing where the US Army and the Blackwater Security Company ended up in a shootout between Baghdad, friendly fire incident, and loads of civilians in the way. Mm-hmm. But it was the Blackwater people that um, instigated the firefights in the first place. Yeah. The US beat Sweden in curling at the Olympic Games, season 21, episode 12. Ooh. In one of the biggest upsets of the 2018 Winter Olympics, the US curling team won gold over the favourite Sweden, and I do love curling. Oh, I love so. curling when I... Mm. <laughs> that too, but I love curling. Do it's you? great. Yeah, I'll watch curling. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. It's really fucking good. The historical win was predicted in a 2010 episode of The Simpsons and called Boy Meets Curl. In the episode, Marge and Homer compete in curling at the Vancouver Olympics and beat Sweden. In real life, the US men's Olympic team won a gold medal after defeating Sweden, even though they were behind, which is exactly how it played out on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. The victory is the second curling medal ever for the United States, not including Marjan Homers, of course. But now curling, fucking love curling. What do you think about this, Sam? Eh, it's interesting. Probably going to happen. You know, they're going to put Marjan Homer in to win the curling, and who are they going to play for? They're going to play for Team USA, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're going to play for GB or Sweden or... Well, you know Carolyn. I don't know... <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> oh, OK. I thought you... He said it. He was, not he? Didn't he? Did he? I really it. love Carolyn. He's even said it twice. I do. I love the sport, but I don't, like, look at the players and teams and that. He's yeah. like, anyone from, like, oh, Scandinavia? Yeah, they should be good at this. 
Who are they playing? Zimbabwe? Yeah, that'll be shit. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're the, they're the biggest teams in it. Like it's likely to be in the final, probably. Basically, Sweden the favourites. Team GB has won it before. Scotland quite good at it as well. Yeah, they come under Team GB. Me and Mr T have a shared love of curling. Uh, I tweeted him. Was he, he was as we, were, we tweeted as we was watching the final a few years ago now. Well, he liked one of my tweets. He replied yeah. to his. It's uh, Mr T. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Maybe. I mean, it's probably something that's gonna happen. But you know, they called it. If it's on the Simpsons, they're always going to give like them, you know, the happily ever after because they, you know it's a feel good family show, isn't it? So yeah, I mean like Homer's not going to not win a gold medal, is he? No. That's why I love Grimey. Yeah. yeah Frank Grimes. Did you mean you'd be into space? That's not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to grab these cables because I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> I love that episode. That's one of the best Simpsons episodes. Yeah. Grimey. Homer's Nemesis, I believe it's called. <laughs> Volty Volty Machines. Mike, this one sounds like a gym. Season 20, episode 4. In 2008, The Simpsons showed Homer trying to vote for Barack Obama in the US general election, but a faulty machine changed his vote. Four years later, a voting machine in Pennsylvania had to be removed after it kept changing people's votes for Barack Obama to ones for his Republican rival, Mitt Romney. Why do they have voting machines? They can be tampered with... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been proven. It'll be hacked. Yeah. They can be... In this case, this actually happened. Um, yeah. So what it was is one of them, the touchscreen on it, was calibrated wrong. So they were pressing Obama, and because it was so badly calibrated, it was voting for Romney. It was almost putting the X in... In, a, in, in, a, in the yeah. wrong thing. So it's like, do you wish to confirm one? No, I don't. So then you've got to kind of judge where... Probably have to vote for the Greens below him to get... Mm. To get the one you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it happened. Yeah. I don't agree with voting machines, and as the last US election shows, you know, they can be called into question, yeah. and I don't like the idea of my elections being questioned. They were, they were actually used again. Yeah, the still election. used now. In fact, if it's there's more of them. Yeah. Really? And these things are Wi-Fi compatible, yeah. and they can be hacked, and yeah. And they can, the results can be changed. So why do they have to do all this counting and stuff? If, you know, I thought they were all paper votes. They had to match them to a signature. Mm. Or something. Put an X on a piece of paper and put it in a tin box. Yeah. Just do it that way. America's democracy is a joke, man, I tell you. Absolute joke. Oh, right. Claire, do you okay. want this one? The invention of the tomato plant. Uh, I remember this one. Tobacco! Tomaco. It's tomato with, like, tobacco in the middle, That's isn't it. it? In 1999, Homer used nuclear energy to create a hybrid of tomato and tobacco plant, the tomaco. This inspired the US Simpsons fan Rob Bauer to create his own plant. In 2003, Bauer grafted together a tobacco root with tomato stem to make tomaco. (laughs) (laughs) The writers of The Simpsons were so impressed, they invited Bauer to... And his family to the offices, and they ate tomato fruit themselves. Oh, oh I bet it tastes nasty, though. Yeah. Come on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And in the show, it's just cigarette ends and a tomato, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I suppose those people that like chewing tobacco, I bet it's you know, but it's quite quite tasteful in the deep south, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. They might be right into it. 
Hey, I got my tobacco. <laughs> Getting your one of your five a day and your tobacco and fix. Tobacco, yeah. What more do you want? But did that guy create it because he saw it in The Simpsons? Well, yeah, he did, yeah. So there we go, it's not a yeah. prediction, is it? No. Sadly. Moving on, then. Right. The Ebola Outbreak, Season 9, Episode 3. Some people maintain The Simpsons predicted the 2014 outbreak of Ebola 17 years before it happened. In a scene from the episode Lisa's Sacks, Marge suggests a sick Bart read a book titled... Curious George of the Ebola virus. The virus wasn't particularly widespread in the 90s, but years later it was top of the news agenda. Uh, it was first discovered in 76, and this latest outbreak has been the worst yet. It killed 254 people in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1995, and 224 in Uganda in 2000. So, I think the Ebola virus was always something that was going to have a bit of a spread. Yeah. I mean, it was discovered in 76, and everyone went, oh, that shit's nasty. 90% kill rate, isn't it? Something like that. I mean, you literally go into an Ebola ward, and you've got to have a full hazmat suit. Nothing comes in contact with your skin. Yeah, and when you die from Ebola, you let off. You just release a vomit spray of blood, and... Your, your organs liquefy inside, and you shit them yeah. out of your bowels. No one's quite sure where it comes from either. No one knows where what the the vector is for this thing. Just every now and again, someone stumbles at the jungle holding their stomach in a bag. Some people, well, some scientists think bats, other think monkeys, don't they? Aliens. Some think aliens. Like, idiots like you think aliens. <laughs> it's only killed two hundred and fifty-four people. Yeah, yeah because the minute crazy. you get an Ebola thing. It's like, lock that shit down, and when everybody's dead, we burn it to the ground. It'd only be spread by the fluids. Right. So you need to, well, I guess, kiss somebody, or someone um, puke on you. When you die from a body, you let off that massive spray of vomit blood. Mm. And uh, that, if you, that even gets in your eyes, your mouth, you, you're fucking dead. That's why you're in a full hazmat suit. Oh, okay. And it, so it doesn't spread... The, the, the more deadly a virus is, the less infectious it is normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they burn themselves out. They kill the host so quickly that they die with the host. Yeah. But Ebola is like... If anyone ever figured out how to put Ebola into as an airborne virus... Like COVID. Like COVID, it would kill us all. Well, kill 90% of us. Yeah. Mm. And I'll guarantee you someone somewhere's toyed with it. All right, have we got any more? Robotic librarians. Robotic librarians. Oh, the shard one as well above that. So, robotic librarians. Season six, episode nineteen. In Lisa's wedding, we discover librarians have been replaced with robots in the Simpsons universe. And twenty years later, robotic students from the University of Aberystwyth, of all places, yeah. built a prototype for a walking library robot. While scientists in Singapore have begun testing their own robot librarians. It's not a far stretch though is it to think robotic librarians we've got robotic baristas now haven't we we have we've got robotic kill drones that explode in your face they can take you exactly to the place where the book is can't they yeah so I don't think that one's a great prediction no but I suppose I mean it's like you know tomorrow's world never saw the mobile phone come in yeah so you've got to look at it tomorrow's world is a for the American listeners or anywhere else, we had a show in the sort of early 90s, the 70s, 80s, late 80s. Well, it was wild, didn't it? Yeah. And it was like, this is stuff that we're going to have in the future, tomorrow's world. I used to like it, I did. So did I, it was ace. Mm-hmm. And then they completely missed the mobile phone. 
So hey, we're gonna have this voice voice activated laptop that will put your words onto the screen. It'll be ace. No one tweaked their mobile phone or a smartwatch. Apart from the Simpsons, they did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this is the shard. The invention of the shard. Season six, episode nineteen. So the Lisa's wedding episode. She's that episode has been mentioned like four or five times uh -huh. because they go into the future, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is, like literally, I think it was like one of their first future episodes. Mm. So an episode from nineteen ninety five came with a lot of unexpected predictions. During Lisa's trip to London, we see a skyscraper behind Tower Bridge that looks eerily similar to the Shard. And it's even in the right location. Mm. Yeah, that one's pretty accurate, actually. And construction yeah. of the building started in 2009, 14 years later. Yeah, that one's a bit weird. You've got this massively tall, Shard-like looking structure just off from Tower Bridge. And you're like, oh, that is where the Shard is. Also, but let's look at like you know architecture, modern architecture of of the time. There was a lot of these sort of you know shiny buildings, yeah, yeah. buildings going up, and you know around, But London, then you know, is limited for the the new buildings. I suppose the, the mm. iconic ones. So you know, London's it could have happened, couldn't it? It's an know? architectural mongrel, London, but I still love it. It's like I, you've got, I love London. I love London. Mike? No, London. Nice. Too, London. too many people. I too love the, people. just the buildings and everything. It's just all this wonderful mix of the old and the new. And That's how I went to London. I didn't bump into a cockney at all. No, no, mate. <laughs> On the corner. And I like hanging out <laughs> <and> you. <laughs> Doing little dabs. Yeah. Like, and I always make an effort to go to like, the little sort of backstreet pubs as well. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I always like... I go off the beaten like the track. Queen, he's looking for the Queen Vic. I was, <laughs> I was in a, a, I was in one called oh, there was the Blue Eyed Maid. It oh. was just down from. Uh, That's not the Blue Oyster Club. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was along the route to the back from the Imperial War Museum, where I'd been on Sunday morning, and I called this Blue Eyed Maid. I watched the football in there. Was it Shank or be Shanked? It was, <laughs> to get a stool, yeah. <laughs> That's why I killed four there? men. Was <laughs> <laughs> there any Cockneys in there? No. Oh. There was a lot of, actually, it was Chelsea Tottenham that day. So there was a few Londoners in there, yeah. There was a few proper Londoners in there, then to watch the game. They're rare. They're, they're, they're a real rare breed. I think we should get David Attenborough on it. You <laughs> that, have, that rare. You could have hookah pipes in there and everything. Could you? Yeah. They hide them out. Maybe I was just in an opium den. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> no, it wasn't Soho. It wasn't that far from Tower Bridge, but it was down one of the less streets well travelled. Because that's what I like to do. Believe it or not, I've travelled all the streets on the Monopoly board as a thing for charity when I was yeah. um, fourteen years old. <laughs> Some of them are not very nice. No, I'd imagine that old Kent Road doesn't strike me as being very nice. It was just a back alley. It was nothing really. And you're just like, why is this even on the Monopoly board? You wouldn't want to own that then, would you? No. No. Oh, fuck that, that's why I never buy them. <laughs> right, smartwatches. Season 6, episode 19. The Simpsons introduced the idea of a watch you could use as a phone in an episode aired in 1995, nearly 20 years before the Apple Watch was released. Yeah, but Dick Tracy was doing that, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure the Jetsons had it. Yeah. In the episode, it's, it's Lisa's wedding episode again, mm -hmm. and he folds out his little watch into a little phone. 
So it's not quite, a, you know, I've got my Apple Watch, I can use this as a phone if I want to, if I, I can take a call on it. But my phone's got to be somewhere near me, because it's piggybacking off the signal. So it's not a, yeah, okay, but it, it's been done, hasn't it? Yeah, it's not so if they, no, if they thought it was the DeLorean for the Back to the Future, that's, you know, it's not impressive. Oh, this is the horse meat scandal. Claire, do you have the horse meat scandal? Yeah, we've all let up some horse meat, haven't yeah. we? Never cared. Season 5, episode 90. It's meant to be, horse meat, a little bit more lean than, you know, and quite good for you, you know, in comparison to your pork and your beef, to be fair. So. Yeah, it's... In 1994, Luchandi Doris... Lunch lady. Lunch lady. Lunch! Luchandi! Legendi. Legendi. Is that the Italian version? Legendi. Legendi, Doris. Doris, uh, <laughs> I've had a few gins. <laughs> Try to keep it to English, Claire, please. Yeah. Um, there should be a, a, a gap, shouldn't there, yeah. between that, to be fair. Yeah. Lady yeah. Doris. <laughs> you use um, assorted horse parts to make a lunch for the students. Correction, assorted horse parts now with more testicles. Is it? Yeah, yeah, for the iron. We watched it the other night. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> the students at Springfield Elementary, not no, nine years later, the Food Safety Authority for Ireland found horse DNA. It could have just been in the Irish ones, couldn't it? Getting rid of all the race horses? No. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> yeah. I thought they came from Romania. Romania? Yeah, where they eat horses. Oh, is it? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm just yeah, I making it up as I go along. Yeah, I think it was Eastern Europe. It's a story of my life. Uh, I had horse meat in Austria. I ordered a steak. Correct, correct. My German wasn't as good as I thought it was. I ordered a horse steak by accident. Horse cock steak. It wasn't a horse cock steak. <laughs> it was the rump of a horse. And uh, I was like, wait, that doesn't say beef. That says horse. Tastes exactly the same, didn't it? Couldn't do the difference. Cool. We probably had rat burger, to be fair. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, King, yeah. King Kebab in Wolverhampton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't beef. <laughs> it wasn't pork. It wasn't lamb. Salsation? It probably was. Alsatian or lower. I think it was only in the Finders ones. Finders were. That's were, what I used to eat them, yeah. Finders beef what? lasagnas. Do you think Alster had the same. Supplier. Oh, they all have the same supplier, yeah. don't they? Do you think? Yeah, the Tesco store price stuff was in there too. Some Tesco stuff was in there, like their own brand stuff. Yeah, yeah they all they use the same supplier. Yeah, yeah. So this is why people go to Aldi because it's the same stuff. It's just cheaper in a different box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack. Season five, episode ten. The Simpsons parody entertainers Siegfried and Roy in a 1993 episode called Springfield or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Legalised Gambling which is a pun on the Doctor Strange Love movie yeah. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. We did an episode on it. We did. Check it out. During the episode the magicians are viciously mauled by a trained white tiger while performing in a casino. In 2003 Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy was attacked during a live performance by Montecor, one of their white tigers. He lived, but sustained severe injuries in the attack. Probably always going to happen if he was He was asking for it, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. Like, yeah. After years of abusing that tiger to perform... Oh, let's not say abusing. They probably <laughs> treat that tiger very well. 
but it would rather be a tiger and not a performing animal, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be like, whether it was born in captivity or not, I bet it's still thinking, I wish I was in the jungle, or wherever it is white tigers hang out. In the snow. I wish I was in the snow. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to ride this little bike. If any cat owner that's had cats knows how unpredictable cats can be, and in a split second they can just go from tame to savage, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's okay. That's you know, it's like. It's okay when they're a foot long. Yeah. But it still fucking hurts. Yeah. Got fucking razor blades on their fucking and their paws. Yeah. Now you got multiply that by yeah. I don't know ten. Yeah. The tigers can be ten feet long, can't they? I don't think yeah. this particular one was, but let's say multiply that by five. It's a five foot long t- white tiger. Yeah. Which looks all right. Looks cool as fuck. But it's fed up of riding that little trike, and it's gonna slash you across the face with its razor sharp. Claws, which are more like fucking human fingers. I think it's a case of playing with matches, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's a Steve Irwin, isn't it? You it know, is. You see, you, you it, that, that is. Up a crocodile's arse one too many times. Oh. Yeah, you try and stick your thumb for Stingray's arse. He's a bit yeah. grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, RIP Steve Irwin, RIP yeah. need to use we my sir, but you know, you pissed off a lot of animals. It was always going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same with Siegfried and Roy, but they, they got it right, and they're, they're going to improve in writing. He's lived to tell the tale, hasn't he? That's it. But that could improve in writing six months after the episode, or 30 years after the episode, mm. couldn't it? Mm. It's like Tiger King, isn't he? Got... <laughs> ah, Tiger King. Did you watch all that? I did. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. It was mental. The Censorship of Michelangelo's David, Season 2, Episode 9. An episode from 1990 titled Itchy and Scratchy and Marge showed Springfieldians protesting against Michelangelo's statue of David being exhibited in the local museum, calling the artwork obscene for its nudity. The satire of censorship came true in July 2016 when Russian campaigners voted on whether to clothe a copy of the Renaissance statue that had been set up in central St. Petersburg. And what happened in the end? Did it doth some clothes? I think he did. Did he? In St. Petersburg. Some skinny yeah. jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Hugging his man. Pieces. I think they put like a towel across him, like a, a, yeah. a carved towel that somehow fit to the sculpture. I disagree with it. I disagree Let with it. Let it out. Let it out, Dave. Natural, isn't it? So natural. You know, at the end of the day, it's called Michelangelo's David. Michelangelo was a notorious homosexual. Of course, he's carving statues of naked dudes. And this one just happens to be called David and became a massive hit. And it's just that you're seeing it as the art. The that's art, it. It's you like, know, how they've got the figure, how the proportions, you know, that's all you're looking at, isn't it? Yeah. If you're just staring at the cock, like, oh, shame on you. <laughs> if you're just at the cock and you're, you're not inclined that way, then you've got some issues that you need to address. Yeah, you <laughs> Some repressed it. issues. Yeah, look at it as for the art that it is, the human body, the form. That's it. I mean, there's a statue of Hercules in Shrewsbury Quarry Park with his dick out. Have they? Yeah, you know, they stand there going, oh, nice dong, Hercules. You appreciate it, but the thing it is, don't you? And if you're that offended, you move to the arse. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> right, so we've got The Three-Eyed Fish, Season 2, Episode 4. So in this episode from 1990, Bart... Oh, this Bart is back ha- in the day. Yeah, really old. Bart catches a three-eyed fish named Blinky in the river by the power plant, which makes uh, the local headlines. 
More than a decade later, a three-eyed fish was discovered in a reservoir in Argentina. Strangely enough, the reservoir itself was fed from water from the nuclear power plant. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like... That starts off as a joke, and the sad thing is that the joke has become reality, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look, if you feed this shit in from a nuclear plant into the water, you're going to get mutation. What about that three-eyed goat we had from the other... Oh, the three-eyed the, the cow. Three-eyed cow. Was it the cow, was it? The calf, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three eyes. Who's eating that? I'm not. That wasn't eaten from a nuclear, you know, waste, was it? Ah, but if you think of all the shit that's working its way into the... Uh, into the food chains, Chernobyl went to, mm. over Europe. Uh, the windscale disaster in Britain that no one knows about in the 50s. We did an episode on that. Spread out radioactive material over over a big swathe of Britain. I think it was the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. It's it's getting into the food chain and that's when you're starting to get these mutations. And, you know, that's, that's not good. Mm. And I don't mean to sound like a hippie because I am not a hippie by any stretch of imagination. <laughs> We have really bite yeah, hung real. this planet up by its neck and hit it with a two by four for the last two hundred years, and it's slowly starting to give out on us. It's not. It's starting to twitch in its death throes, yeah, yeah. and you need to let it down and give it a chance before we start hitting it again. We inherited Eden, man. We turned it into a hellscape. Yeah, but you know, was Eden perfect, Mike? It was perfect control by it. By a maniac sociopath creator. Whatever, it was just a beautiful paradise, wasn't it? That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, take that tree of knowledge, Mike. And take now there's more. Do that apple. Man made objects outweigh the natural things on the earth, man. Yeah? That sucks. Mm. Alright, let's do the last few. The Baby Translator. This is season 3, episode 24. Brother, can you spare two dimes? I like this one, actually. Dino Vito's plays uh, Homer's brother Herb. Yeah. Half brother Herb. He invents that car, doesn't he? The car of the future. The, yeah, the, the Homer and bankrupts him because he was a success on <laughs> Detroit Motor City. Big corporate guy. He's a car manufacturer. He was a billion. He's a multi millionaire. Yeah. Then Homer lost him all his money. <laughs> hey, what does this monstrosity cost? $80,000. I'm ruined. He's got that shitty dome bubble yeah. thing with wings on it. The Homer. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. Dan DeVito, so Herb, ascended from poor to prosperous, creating an invention that translates gibberish from infants... Gibberish. gibberish from inf- you can say gibberish. Can you? Gibberish. It's gibberish. No, gibberish. From infants into full sentences. Years later, the Cry Translator app would come out, which also analyses a baby's cry to translate needs. Again, something that was always going to be done, but at the time, the technology would have been, wouldn't have been there. Yeah. So what? There's a cry for. I'm gonna wee. I'm gonna yeah. Poo. Yeah. I require comforting. Mm. You know, like, okay. Yeah. I only want to eat shrimp from now on. They all sort of sounded the same to me. <laughs> 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 I'm having an existential freak out. Yeah. That sort of thing. Am I real? <laughs> <laughs> Am I real? <laughs> I resist an illusion. Yeah. Whacking Day. Whacking Day, season 4, episode 14. The eponymous holiday, which involves killing as many snakes as possible, slithered its way into the real world. The Python Challenge is an annual event where people wade into the Florida Everglades to thin the population of Burmese pythons 
whose overpopulation endangers the diverse Floridian wildlife. Yeah, I think this goes back to when people in the States could have kind of like really outlandish pets and people got Burmese pythons and the law mm. changed and you couldn't have them anymore. So instead of like giving them to zoos or having them humanely destroyed, they just kind of released them into the swamps and then they bred yeah. and they're like the alpha predator after crocodiles, obviously. They're totally invasive, aren't they? Yeah, it fucks up the ecosystem in the Everglades. Well, it's like the red-eared slider turtles in this country. Mm. They're now illegal to buy. You're allowed to give them to like sanctuaries and stuff, but people were du- dumping them in ponds. They yeah. were allowed to fish. They were becoming what's the word? When when they when they they can live in our ponds and stuff. When usually they need like warmer waters. Oh, they, they, they adapt, adapted. Yeah, they totally adapted to it and uh, uh, loads of our wildlife. So. And of course, the other Simpsons, the bullfrog gets across, doesn't yeah. he? Do they get the Australia? Yeah. And he's like, bullfrogs? That's a stupid name. I'd have called them chuzwazzers. <laughs> <laughs> they eat everything in their path. Yeah, they do, yeah. They completely destroy the fragile Australian ecosystem. It's a whacking day. Didn't predict it, did they? Didn't predict it. It's only gone on for fucking ever. People killing loads of snakes or something. We should start whacking day. They're launching Ireland. Do you mean like whacking as in killing snakes or just yeah. masturbating? <laughs> killing snakes? Oh, right. We'll launch it in Ireland. Ireland. Definitely snakes in Ireland, right? <laughs> no, because St. Patrick drove them out. I know. We'll launch it on St. Patrick's Day then, and they'll be that pissed. I'll be, you know, seeing snakes everywhere. Do you want to give the Northern Irish <laughs> bats and bats Irish? Just the Southern? Yeah. And the Northern going to get involved too, because I mean, they're St. Patrick's Day. Lovers too, you know they're Irish. All right, both then. Uh, you want to give the Protestants and the Catholics whacking sticks mm-hmm. and tell them to go out looking for snakes, and assume they won't just start a small war on the moors of Northern Ireland. Yeah, but we'll be selling them then whacking sticks and make a killing. <laughs> you gotta create the market. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, capitalist Mike came out. <laughs> <laughs> He's moving right, he's moving he's, right. He's, he's, he's so much more liberal than Gandhi, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Marxism, oh, I, want, I want the money. <laughs> I want the green. <laughs> Cabs this mic. Is that one of your alternate personas? Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, in, in some other universe. <clears throat> Maybe this donut shaped universe in season uh, 10, oh, episode nice. 22. I love it. They save Lisa's brain. When celebrated cosmetologist... Cosmologist. Cosmologist. Wait, oh, there's no T in it. Stephen Hawking (laughs) made the first appearance on Simpsons. The writers couldn't resist the opportunity to put the world's smartest man and and the world's stupidest man in the same room. (laughs) Sharing discourse over beers at Moe's Tavern, Hawking says... Your theory of a donut-shaped universe is intriguing. I may have to uh, steal it. (laughs) Though there have been a a genuine theory that the universe is shaped like a donut or a... Taurus? Taurus? T-O-R-U-S, Taurus, I guess. Taurus? Mm -hmm. Since the 1980s. It has resurged in popularity um, in the new millennium. Oh, Mm. The prevailing thought is it's saddle-shaped. Saddle-shaped? The universe? Yeah. What, you mean like three-dimensionally saddle-shaped? Mm-hmm. 
So like just like the saddle you have on an arse. Oh, sorry. Yeah, know. that's the shape of it apparently. Why would it be that shape? Why not? Why not? I guess. I thought the universe. I don't know. I'm not a cosmologist. Ever expanding. Why not? Damn it. <laughs> I thought it was ever expanding and I thought it would ever expand from the place where it started, I guess. I have no idea. Yeah, but wherever you are in the universe, you're at the centre. I know it's really mind-boggling. In this conversation, I'm a guy with a knife in a gunfight. <laughs> Everything's going away from you at the same speed. I don't know. It's, yeah. So wouldn't it just be round, spherical? I don't know. Apparently saddle-shaped or possibly donut. Donut shade I can get behind if there's a black hole in the middle of it, which is meant to be. I think there is, isn't there? Right. Well, there's a so super massive black hole at the centre of every galaxy. So that like that would like. I think there's a black hole at the centre of the universe. Because I think the centre, it doesn't matter where you are. You're at the centre. I think. Either way. Might be wrong, but I watch a lot of science videos lately. I hope so. You're the science officer. Mm. They blow your mind, Mike. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, quantum mechanics, quantum physics is fucking mind blowing. It is, isn't it? I've just gone whoa, and then just like you know, they're just talking, and then you you watching the <coughs> star because they show you all the stars and the galaxies, and then you just like whoa. I'll see your mind smoking a joint at that yeah, point. Whoa. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I think I should go to sleep, and you forget all about it, but you sort of took a bit of it in, and you just like. Brian Cox is the best. I love oh you. yeah. Yeah. You do love cocks. Oh, I do love them. I do love cocks. <laughs> <laughs> From one cocks to another bunch of cocks. The NSA I said she said Brian Cox. So <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't quite as I love cocks. <laughs> I just preempted it. The NSA spying scandal. Simpsons movie. Yeah. 2007, The Simpsons leads the big screen with its penchant for predictions not far behind. Where March discussed their plan to out government secrets, we were taken to the headquarters of the National Security Agency. Inside, there's a room full of monitors with a whole staff listening to phone calls in the hopes of catching America's most wanted. It was almost as if the real NSA was listening in on the film, as in 2013, Edward Snowden revealed to the public numerous secret surveillance programmes that the agency was operating, as in listening to your phone calls. But before we discuss that, I want to discuss why you pronounce penchant, ponchant. Because I thought, <laughs> I'd, had a, because I thought I'd had a touch of class and pronounced it the French way, Michael. Touch of class? Well, I thought Leave it was penchant as well. This I was like, It's ponchant. I thought, oh, I totally don't know my English here again. I was pronouncing it the... Um, Ponzi French way. I was, well, I, was really I was really impressed and thought. And, Thank and, you. And, and totally thought, oh my god, he's so clever. <laughs> when he was just being an ass. Yeah, <laughs> he's just being a snob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to be a snob about many things. I'd be like, you pen chant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to be a snob for many things, but in this scenario, I am being a snob. We all know that they're all listening to us yeah. anyway. Oh, this is just right. No, we've mentioned NSA and our mm. phones have picked it up and... and Mine's flashing. <laughs> there you go. Did I just hear Team A go? <laughs> Why is that strike Team A? <laughs> the windows burst out and we just, SAS troopers swing in. <laughs> oh... 
that's a nod to the classic series Bottom. It is. I think it's available on Netflix if you're in the UK. Maybe in America too. Bottom, yeah. BBC, classic. definitely. It's on the BBC. I love um, Bottom. <laughs> you love Fox got... too? <laughs> 2007, but was this sort of thing, I always theorised anyway, that the, the NSA was spying on us. Yeah. We all it knew just slowed and it confirmed it. Yeah. As we all became more interconnected with apps and on, on the web and sharing and, and things like that. I just think there's so many millions and billions of us, you know, that who's going to be looking, you've really got to stand out to be spied upon. I think it's, it's metadata, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, metadata, algorithms, stuff you say, trigger words. So, for example, the word bomb. My friend yeah. is convinced he had his uh, Xbox account shut down for chatting about, like, you know, and saying bomb quite a little, like, yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, probably. Probably. He couldn't put his own, he knew his, his password, put it in, and he just couldn't access it. He had to start a whole new account, but he was like, you know, going bomb, 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 Al-Qaeda, and like... Yeah, that know, will really get you know, kicked off, yeah. yeah. So algorithms, it picks it scans everything that's sent. Yeah. Whatever you send in, and they're tracking everything you do. I mean, you're, you're, everything you do on the internet runs through a server which can be tracked and logged and if certain things they're looking for flash up then it pings you up i'm sure he did it just to just to test the system yeah (laughs) he's that sort of person probably did but still terrifying nonetheless so they were kind of right about that but we kind of all knew that anyway if you're a conspiracy theorist so i would say that's the end of our simpsons predictions i enjoyed it because i always enjoy reminiscing about the simpsons Mm -hmm. Some of them, yeah, that the Higgs boson one, I'm like, okay, but we also do, could debunk that by saying, well, this was the the theory and they just, you know, they've got a bunch of well-informed writers who went, okay, let's have Homer do that on the board instead of just some random gibberish. They just read Peter Higgs' latest dissertation or whatever. Yeah, that's paper it. And just perhaps and, and copied it. Well, sort of altered it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, chucked an extra couple of symbols on the yeah, end. Yeah, because he would have really... theorised... He theorised his existence and he probably would have theorised perhaps maybe this might be the math behind it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah but it was, it's still a bit creepy, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, the 9-11 thing's a little bit creepy. I mean, you, yeah. we, again, the, the bunking theory that, you know, if you go to New York, you need to call 911. Is, is, there is that. But there's also the, you know, the, the, the iconic skyline of New York would be... Two Towers, or State Empire State Building, or Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. but obviously with the two towers looking like ones, who knows? Or was like as part of the occult ritual that they look like what two ones, which is the most powerful number in magic. Mm. Mm. Magic with a K. Wasn't the two towers released in two thousand and one as well? I don't know. Lord of the Rings. Maybe. Or was it two thousand? No, it might have been a little bit before. Yeah, it might have been two thousand. Back in time, anyway. Yep. I think, I mean, I just think when a show has done 600 episodes and has spanned over 30 years, it's going to get some stuff it's done, which seems like outlandish at the time, is going to happen because the world's getting crazier. So you don't think they're taking script ideas off precogs? <laughs> I, d- I don't think they've got three precogs and a gel bath with, with metal helmet dome things on their heads feeding ideas 
to Matt Groening when he gets a foot massage for a 12-year-old, <laughs> allegedly. What about Matt Groening? Oh, Groening, yeah. Groening, Groening. Greening. Greening. Let's pull the whole thing off. <laughs> yeah. Can we go that long? You're going to get something right, aren't you? And it was 600 episodes and we've picked out, I don't know, 30 of, of the best. There, something like that. Still pretty good. It's still pretty good. 600, so they've got a, a 30 in 600 chance of predicting something. What is that in percentage? What's 30 percentage of 600? I have no idea. It's as it works as you... Uh, 100, 5%. Yeah, 30 out of 100 is a third, so it's time minus a third. Plus two cans of equals... Yeah, whatever. 30 is 10% of 300. Yeah. yeah. So out of 600, you have to halve that. Yeah, 5%. Yeah. Okay, so you'd be looking under 5% because there's over 600 episodes of The Simpsons. Okay. So we looking... only picked out 30 of the best. There were still some we missed on these lists. Yeah, but they were like the... So you're looking at a 5 to 10% success rate. That's pretty good. I don't know, is it though? I mean, just, yeah. 10% chance is, oh, there's a 10% chance this bomb's gonna blow up. Well, I'll take that chance. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> if, I'm gonna, if I'm trying to like cut the wires and shit, and there's a 10% chance if I cut the wrong wire. Oh, well, then I'll check it's gonna explode anyway. Yeah, so I'll take that chance. I thought you meant, I'll take that chance. It's like someone just says, <laughs> my god, there's a bomb scare. What's the percent chance it's gonna go off? 10%. Yeah, I'll take my chance. <laughs> Yeah, my life has become worse anyway, so I don't really care, I'm going to that bar. <laughs> but the one where direct, the bomb is literally directly opposite. Yes, even yes, if, that one. Even if there's like only a 2% or 1% chance, I'm at that fucking building, mate. You can stay there if you want. I'm yeah, you know, that's... Safety first. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and have a beer and smoke a cigarette. Watch it unfold. Yeah, watch the situation unfold. I do love people watching... You want to see your own eyeballs melt out of your head? I want, I want to see the nails flying towards me as the <laughs> nail bomb goes up. Live dangerously. There's no other way to live. On that bombshell, should we do some fucked up facts? Let's do that. Alright, do you want the drink? Yes, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. <laughs> Uh, that just gets lame every time I hear it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we may need to revamp that. Because I'm getting fed up of hearing it when I listen back. Here's got to be something more funky. We'll think about it. Yeah. Let's just not have a jingle from now on. <laughs> For a bit until we think of something more funky. Alright. Let's just go, hey, here's some fucked up facts. <laughs> Okay, the 18th century fashion for shoelaces led to the collapse of the Birmingham's lucrative buckle industry. Oh no, not the buckle industry. Yeah. Oh, it's so them fucking fancy pilgrim shoes with the buckles <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Oh man, I love them shoes. Yeah. Oh, does that mean that led to like the, the buckled hat industry going under too? I guess so. Oh man, I love them buckled hats. <laughs> The booker makers are said to have responded by parading donkeys with shoelaces tied to their hooves to mock the new fashion. <laughs> oh, that's, that's embittered. Yeah. Yeah, buckled shoes, I don't know really get on with that now. That, that, that could work. 
Bring it back. Bring it back. The Puritan look. <laughs> Good luck with that. Fashion's always going back in time, or the 1920s mm, yeah. or so back nowadays. Not the 1620s though, is it? I was gonna say, I was my girl just. Claire, Claire will just go further and further back until we're, until we're back in roughs in 20 years, when you know it. And just as we die, we're back to the Puritan look. Yeah. By the time we're 60, we'll be in Elizabethan costume with tights and roughs. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh yeah, doesn't this look good? And then by the time we retire, by the time we're dead, we'll be in togas. I was going to say togas, because then they'll be like, look, everyone has to look the same. You know, in the future. Yeah. So then there's no, you know, no. I've got this and I've got these three stripes or this little swoosh or anything like that, you know, no one, you don't do brands anymore. You're still in a toga and sandals. Yeah. And maybe a, a wolf fur cloak, if it's cold. Oh, no, there's no animal killer in the future. A fake wolf fur or gene, gene bred wolf fur. Mm. Genetically bred, technology is that high, we've just gone back to togas in fashion. Mm. This next fact's for you, Claire, because now that you love slugs. Go on. If a banana slug gets its penis stuck in something, it simply bites off its own penis. <gasps> banana slug? Mm-hmm. I think I've got some in my garden. I felt like doing that some mornings. I don't know. Probably not, considering they're called banana slugs, probably not in this climate. I guess not. Yeah, yeah I've woke up with myself inside some things I'd rather bite my penis off to get out of. <laughs> 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 I haven't really. It's all been lovely ladies. <laughs> lovely ladies of the night. <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> the switch to daylight savings time increases your risk of a heart attack up to 24% on the Monday after the time change. I fucking believe it. I never sleep well mm. on the Monday after that. On the it's, Monday after yeah, it's that? Yeah, it's, it goes off on the, the, the early hours of Sunday morning. Yeah. And I never sleep well on the Sunday night. I'm always shattered the following Monday morning. What about the one where you get, like, you know, extra time? Oh, that one's all right. Daylight savings when you lose the hour, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So when you lose well, you the hour... You don't get the hour back then, do you? I love getting the hour yeah. back. That's fine. <laughs> love that. So but... you're least likely to have a heart attack on that day because everyone's yeah. like, ah, oh, oh, nice extra time. hour in bed. Oh, lovely. I hate that one where they, they move the hour forward. Yeah. Heart attacks might go up by 24%, but crime is reduced by 7%. Ah, because of the extra daylight hours, just Batman can't operate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because there's one less hour in the day. And because he's the night. So one less hour to be your thieving. They're a bit confused, they all sleep in. No, there's one less hour, there's only 23 hours in that day. Yeah, you can't you get your full 24 hour thieving in, can you? Could get your 12 hours of solid nighttime thieving in. Well, 24 but, hours, it's thieving all through the day, isn't there? Well, yeah, but most of it goes on at night. Well, most of it does, yeah. But yeah, Batman's not a bit, he's a bit for one Day less hour. Daylight robbery happened all the time. There you go. I've never been robbed. They're not people, you know, from like, you know, your ass. No, not me personally. I've, I've never personally been, no, no, someone always sort of take me away. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no, no one's ever mugged me. I've never been mugged in broad, in any weather, day or night. So get a lot of it in Telford, I guess. We have been attacked. Oh, yeah, yeah many, many By years ago. Young people. Yeah. We were also young people. We fought back bravely. Yeah. Yeah. 
two of her mates fucked off. Yeah. Yeah, left me and him with two of the girls, and there was like a group of six, seven, eight of them. Yeah. Yeah, and they just they just went for us. You had your chain, huh, didn't you? I did. I had a chain. I closed line. I it was. I was wearing a chain on my wallet. I closed line two people over a wall, didn't you I? You did, yeah. I was right in there. I was swinging my chain around. Oh, and you smelly greebos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were twats. Don't even know where they came from. We were just walking home from the pub. Yeah. After a tenner's worth of beer. It's terrible. It is. What are you up next, Mike? In an unusual case described in the British Medical Journal, an Indian woman was demonstrated to cry tears of blood during her period. Yeah. yeah. I doubt it's period blood. It's I like doubt, yeah, yeah, I, I doubt that's not working its way up. But... Yeah. Or is it? Maybe it's that much it's filling. <laughs> <laughs> Did she have, have a heavy flow? I've no idea. I don't want to know, to be quite honest. Yeah, somehow it's connected to a tear ducts fuck knows I ah like Le Chiffy from Casino Royale Le Chief. Mm. he used to cry blood didn't he yeah yeah parts of the South Pacific are so remote that sometimes the nearest humans are the astronauts passing over it on the ISS 408 kilometres overhead that's pretty cool nice like yeah. that that's ace not if you hurt yourself though no. Unless you've got a sat phone and you can talk to the ISS. What the hell are they going to do? They'd call, they'd say, hey, there's a guy injured down there to Houston. Like, Houston, there's a guy injured on a Pacific Island. Chopped his thumb off on a Pacific Island. Yeah, you get a helicopter to you within a few hours at least. Before he bleeds out. You'd survive your thumb off for a couple of hours. You'd be doing the say things. You keep it on eyes would be a problem. You're going to lose your thumb. Yeah. Japanese scientists gave food to 100 million year old bacterial cells found in sediment from the Pacific. They woke up and within 68 days increased their numbers 10,000 fold. Jesus, don't start giving <laughs> stuff like that food. That's not going to work, man. Jesus, don't do that. These things will fucking devour us all. What's that in comparison to, like, you know, sort of micro bacteria in, in the, this day and age are they moving faster are they moving slower will they take over they woke up and bred I'd say they were pretty active pretty, well, I don't know sprightly <laughs> <laughs> so they had some energy to burn if they're banging their numbers out 10,000 10, fold they just a bit dormant you know, I don't know if they're banging their numbers out 10,000 I'd say they were less than dormant Put a bit of water on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing though, it's like 100 million year old. Oh, don't go feeding shit that old. No, it could be. It could You've be got no immunity to it. You could find some sort of, you know, alien something. Yeah, but we've got no immunity to it if it ever got out. Maybe that's where COVID came from. Maybe that's what killed the aliens that were on the planet before us. Maybe. <laughs> I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> you've been hanging around long enough now. You're like, oh yeah, maybe there's alien civilization on the planet. And those bacteria killed them off. You're like, boom. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> Welcome to the crew. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spiders can hear you talk via vibrations in the hairs on their legs. Oh, fuck those bastards. If you put water droplets on their limbs, they can't listen in on your conversations. Well, you know what? Fuck spiders. 
Fuck spiders. I actually helped a spider today. My roses are being invaded by um, some little green flies. So I picked one off and chucked it onto a spider's web. The spider sort of shat itself and ran. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, fuck them. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> hate spiders. Fuck them. Do you like Spider-Man, though? Yeah, he's all right. Well, Mexican fans of Spider-Man were so annoyed when Gwen Stacy was killed off in 1973. It means nothing to me. I don't know anyone else. No. Uh, well, she's been killed off a few times, in yeah. all fairness. But the carriers of the Spanish translation started their own timeline where she survives. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'll end on this one. I love this one. The optimal amount of time to work to maximise human happiness. How many days a week do you think? Three. Two, one. No. Uh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was being optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Pessimistic one even. One day a week, optimum amount of work to maximise human happiness. Well, that'd be That's nice. That's why the, everyone's so fucking miserable in this bastard country. And world. And world. I mean, you think it's bad in this country. Imagine oh, work, yeah. Imagine working in a Vietnamese sweatshop where if you die, you just get thrown in the pot. For the Western workers to feed, feast on. Oh, he's so bad. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, I don't know. Documentaries you watching? <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Frank's got a, he had a Vietnamese sweatshop and he, like, oh, someone died. You just threw him in the pot. <laughs> oh, on that note, I'm Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Facebook, please. Cutting the ball in the post of the apocalypse on YouTube. Cutting the ball in the PTA. No, no, no. Apocalypse ball. SoundCloud. Cutting the ball in the post of the apocalypse. Or PTA. PTA. I'll get it. Ah, you're too pissed. Just sign off. Sign off. Don't do the favor aid. Don't join a cult. And you can hear the rain behind me. Yeah, like, yeah cut before the storm moves <laughs> in. I want to. Oh man, I'm, I'm signing out to a storm. It's Ace. Yeah. Ace. Thank you. I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Perky, keep an open mind, but not so open that it's built out your ears, guys.